Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish all new Sundays at nine on AMC and stream on AMC Plus. Bonus content. Bonus content. Food Court will be coming back with new episodes this spring, but until then, here is some fun bonus content to tide you over. Mark and John, who argued Burger King versus McDonald's, get into this discussion. I'm a novice movie fan. Like, I think probably most people could say that. I'm I'm basic (laughs) AF, is what I'm saying. Okay. I have an obsession with Wes Anderson movies, good or bad. He's good, I would say. I did have a film teacher once who said she had just seen Royal Tannenbaums. She said, he's too cute. And there's like a tweeness to all of his. But I think he's gotten better as he's gone. Like, I love the... Grand Budapest Hotel. Like to me, that that's my favorite that's one. Yeah, I, I, but I think that's also because I'm like obsessed with formats. Yeah, and like you just you know when you see one of his movies that it's absolutely one of his movies, and not everyone mm-hmm. can say that is is that a good thing or a bad thing for a that's auteur theory, right? So yeah, I don't think it's either or. Like it's good or bad. I think it just is. Some people have a very distinctive style that carries through, and some people they want to be more like invisible, as it were, as a director. Like you don't feel their hand, but some people are like, no, this is this is what you get. Doesn't that mm. work with food too? Like are there like a tour? Like if you eat stuff, if you had a blind taste test of like three of your friends, wouldn't you be, probably be able to tell who cooked what? Mm. That that would actually, I think, be more challenging than you would think. But really? certainly if it was visual, I think you would. As a matter of fact, I've done some reality shows where that is part of it and you can see someone's food and some of the plating techniques might give you oh, that's cues. Funny. Oh, sure. Well, that's the same as directing then. Like yeah, yeah. The way they light aesthetics. a scene, the way they frame the shot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think that's why I love Wes Anderson because I actually feel like I don't have that in my own food. Like I don't have like, you know, it's. Well, I guess I do. If there's liquid nitrogen involved, it's Richard Blaze. <laughs> You're the foam guy. There, there you go. Is. That's my center. My center. Everything has to be centered. Right? What do you right. call that? That's the the West. Everything's on like symmetrical. Like it's all yeah. symmetrical. Exactly. I don't know why I feel like I have to reveal this to you. My favorite Wes Anderson movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's mine which, too. Okay. The Wolf with the Fist. Unbelievable. So many great quotes. It's so, so fun. Many. 
Listen, I haven't seen these it. apples. These apples aren't real. They're synthetic. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we have them. Anyway, I'm paraphrasing George Clooney. Okay. What are some of your favorite movie food moments? There's so many. I always think of Ratatouille when the critic takes the bite of the Ratatouille and he has that totally transcendent moment to his childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that one's incredible. Also, how they animated like the scents and the flavors, like they made it visual. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, and Lady and the Tramp, iconic. (laughs) Sure. What's 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 a better sign that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Should we be saying what Big Night? Um, I really (laughs) like. I was like a Goodfellas when the mother brings out like the food at the you know. Yeah, so in. Nine to five when they get stoned and raid the fridge. That's a fun They have like food, fried yeah. chicken and ribs mm-hmm. and, and like pickles chips and, and olives and, yeah, and everything. Like, yeah. That always looked like, even when I was a kid, I was like, I want to get stoned and like raid the fridge. <laughs> I want to get stoned and hang out with middle aged women. That sounds like yeah. a, a hoot. I mean, that is exactly what I want to do with my life. <laughs> and here you are living your dream. <laughs> here I am living my truth. I, I love, I mean, the, the Goodfellas scene is iconic because there's multiple food scenes in that movie, right? There's the yeah. shaving of the yeah. garlic. Is that Goodfellas where they're yeah, in prison? Yeah, in prison, yeah. Mm-hmm. Polly shaving the garlic with a razor blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of your worst personal cooking disasters? Eating uh, or cooking? I once put cookie batter, <laughs> I, I thought I had finished it, but I forgot to put the dry into the bed, the, the, the flour and stuff. <laughs> so I just put that stuff into the uh, oven. And I was like, why isn't it working? And it all just melted. <laughs> I was an idiot. I, don't know. I love how you called it the dry. I forgot to <laughs> I put don't know the what dry, you call it the dry. Well, there's the wet stuff and the dry stuff in baking. Mm-hmm. I don't know no, what no, you call it. That's completely correct. Yeah, the dry. <laughs> Listen, you haven't been in a Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Are you you would you have you been in a Whole Foods? I mean, are you is it a Whole Foods versus Trader Joe's? Uh, no, I just have I've done no grocery shopping since in the past eight years. That's that's not like I respect, <clears throat> by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Married couple Derek and Kimberly have something to share. Derek, what are some of the craziest requests you've gotten from your private chef and celebrity clients in your pop-up series? Oh my God. Okay. So celebrity clients, obviously because of NDAs, I can't say who, but I had a client that just Eddie wanted- Murphy. That just wanted well done filet like every day. Okay. No, not okay. Like right. it, they, and they were like, we're trying to eat healthy. So no oil. And I'm like, okay, so, and then they were like, The Rock. Dude. No, I just want to like take a I wish. It wasn't, no, it wasn't even, it wasn't any, it wasn't, it was a, no, but I was like, well done every day. And then like, that was just, that was tough. Um, Reese Witherspoon. And then. (laughs) (laughs) She loves a well done steak, right? What was the rest of the question? Crazy (laughs) things. I mean, I definitely have cooked in some really cool situations, like a, like a, a prince, like a royal family. Oh, I thought you meant like in, Prince with the rock star. Yeah. Like prince, no, prince. That would have been okay. cool. But mm. Royal family. Tell me about yeah. the royal family experience. I have a little bit of experience here too. Yeah. So there was a lot. And this was a, a Saudi royal family. And so there was a, just a lot of people in the house. I mean, a nanny for every kid and then a nanny for the nannies. And like, I mean, there were so many people we were cooking for. And the nanny's nanny had an assistant. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. And like every, and every like a, adult. You know, prince and princess, they all had people. And then there was like six drivers. And anytime they went anywhere, it was like they were all in a different car. So like, what was your specific protocol? Like, were you allowed to look them in the eye? Did you have to address them a certain way? Was- they were phenomenal. Such an amazing family and so polite and, and like thankful. And like I've heard for, from other 
people in the business that they've that have cooked for other you know royal families that it's not the same like we got really lucky who we were cooking for but yeah he was cool he would come in he would just ask what was on the menu for the day and then he'd approve it and and if he liked it he would like he would just come over to the table and then he'd wave us over and then we get to talk to everybody at the table and it was like so basically royalty they're just like us yeah i mean he was <laughs> some he was, of them are just like but us. like some his, of them are not his, nice daughter was she was so cool she was like nine years old and one day she comes in and she's like like chef and then she like can i whisper in your ear and i'm like oh my god (laughs) and i'm like because she's a princess like a real bird and she's like i want to make a cake for my dad today because he's the best dad in the world and i'm like i looked at the other chef i was like i'm on a project (laughs) (laughs) right that's really good i got to cook once for the princess of thailand wow in thailand for the United States State Department okay. under previous administration. Yeah. And it was really cool because, you know, you get to cook for them, like, uh, you know, especially in a, a state environment like that, right. like an official government mm-hmm. capacity. And you get the, the you know, the dossier and the protocol on how to address them. Don't look at them unless they, you know, uh, don't look at them in the eye, basically, unless they right. look at you. Don't, right. don't walk towards them unless mm-hmm. they take a step towards you. All of this sort of like really serious protocol had me freaking out. And then I realized that, you know, cooking for a princess is just like cooking for Padma Lakshmi. Like, there's no difference. Like, Amazing. don't look her in the eye. Right. Like, always step to her. She steps towards you. Very, very similar. Speaking of the dossier, I did get to cook for the U.S. consulate in Guadalajara, Mexico. Ooh. They were, like, huge fans and, and flew me down. And when I landed, they handed me, like, government-sealed folder. And, like, I opened it and had everything. It had this whole itinerary, everything we were going to do. And I was like, where am I going to cook? It was like they had so much planned. And then they handed me a phone, and they were like, just use this. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, they gave you a burner phone. They gave me <laughs> yeah. a burner. Like, I was like, man. this And, like, the yeah. the SUV they picked us up in, bulletproof glass. Like, it was super thick. Like, it was it was wild. I was like, man. You're safe. Just blown away. Mm-hmm. I was just blown away. I was like, why me? Let's hear from Julie and Amy from the heated cilantro debate. What are some things, Julie, that just drive you drives you absolutely insane? In restaurants, oh, uh, 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 like children's menus. Oh, I like that. This is a, actually has been written about a lot recently. That a lot of restaurants are just now not doing children's menus. Yeah, just yeah. like 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 teach your kid to eat. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I agree. Listen, I, as a parent too, I, I there's always something that you can find on a restaurant menu that should work for your kid. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just feel like this catering to the whims of children is is <laughs> in a in a in a restaurant. Also, like uh, uh just to to really be in like to sound like an evil old single lady, people that that uh, let their kids run around the restaurant. I was just gonna say okay. children's yeah. menus, that's, children in restaurants. Yeah, that's my of... a number one like pet peeve of. I, as a restaurateur, I agree with you there because it's all—it's kind of dangerous for kids to be running around a place with fire and knives and mm-hmm. and and lots of people just walking around. Yeah, I have a restaurant near like a busy street, and there's kids just sometimes just like walking in front of the like, where, hey guys, your parents are in there. Yeah, this yeah. is kind of dangerous. I get it. Uh, now I have I have a question for you though. Have you ever ordered off of a children's menu for yourself? Not for me, but I will. I do have a funny quick story. I went to a restaurant in Pasadena with my friend Richard, and they had silver dollar pancakes but only on the children's menu Mm. like he got into such a fight with the waitress and the waitress just wouldn't give all she had to do was to give him the 
silver dollar pancakes. Right. And he just he he like like would not let go and she would not let go and we left the restaurant. It was embarrassing. That, that is embarrassing for the restaurant <laughs> for sure. Do they have regular pancakes on the menu? They did have regular pancakes. He was like, I don't want regular pancakes. I want little pancakes. So then even more so, like just make little just, pancakes. Yes, but she like she had some control issues that she couldn't let go. And this of. was not a manager. This was just a server. This was a server okay. and and uh but also my friend was kind of being a jerk. Well that's still still bad hospitality. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what about you, Amy? Things that drive you nuts in restaurants. When when I feel pressure to like when they're take away the plate when you're not done, I don't like that. Oh yeah. Me, like I feel pressure to finish or something. If they take away everyone's plate, but you're still work, you know, I don't like to have to say I'm still working on it. Right. Well, also it's such a it just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, proper etiquette is to make right. sure that the whole table is finished. Exactly. And some restaurants don't know that, so they'll clear one person's food, right. and then it puts pressure. I, yeah. I'm in the same camp, and it's like, hey, I, you know. Yeah, like at a fine dining restaurant, everybody's right plate gets bust at the same time. Right. Mm, I have the same pet peeve with like silverware too. Like I don't want to use the like if it's a restaurant that is a fine dining ish sort of place. And I've used that. I want you to change out the fork for my next course. Don't oh. don't just take it off my plate as you clear it, and then ask me to hold it. Yeah, oh. yeah, If it's yeah, on yeah. my dirty plate, it should be cleared. I agree. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. this is just me now being like obviously like a curmudgeon restaurateur. <laughs> I think that that's poor etiquette. You, have you worked in the, the industry, either yes. of you? No, I've never worked in, really? in food service. No, Amy, oh, what yes. did you do? I was a waitress. I w- waited tables in college and. When I worked at the Iowa State Fair, oh. I worked in a restaurant called Stockman's Inn. And I, when I was younger, I worked in the like kitchen area cooking. And then when I was old enough to wait serve beer, like I waited tables there every. Summer. So were you ha- like happy to get out of the kitchen and? Yeah, and I mean server? the kitchen was like it was like a hundred degrees, and we were like making thousands of hamburgers every day. It was intense. Yeah, I that's I always say like now that I am in sort of the, you know, the TV and the film world that like those when you do a food show, those two worlds coming together are like the longest hours and and the hardest work you can yeah. imagine combining. Oh yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's it's not easy. Let's hear from Dana and Karama who debated french fries. Have you ever worked in a restaurant before? I was yes. a, a waitress when I was in high school, a server uh, at California Pizza Kitchen when I was in high school. At, at some point, they just started calling themselves CPK, CPK. Right? That- it was still technically California Pizza Kitchen when I was there. I, I got very good at pouring the, the two soups at the same time, which is a, a CPK signature. Oh, explain this. One of the, so one of the things that people order at CPK is two soups in a single bowl. And because they are similar viscosity, if you pour the soups at the same time, you, you sort of just have it straight down the middle. And, and the longer you work there, sort of your, the cleaner your line would be. So I got very good at pouring the two soups at the same time. I feel like that's a Jurassic yeah. Park. I feel like that's a Jurassic Park situation where it's like just because you could, you didn't think about whether you should. Oh, I fully agree. I did not eat the food there. I just served it to people. <laughs> And to tell you where my head's at, I'm I'm hearing that story and I'm like, that's a viral TikTok. <laughs> you pour two soups into one bowl. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> it's split down the middle. It's a. Six I bet I still play. have the the muscle memory. If two I'm soups, one bowl. <laughs> Unbelievable. I I also worked in a restaurant the summer after my senior year of high school and the summer after my freshman year of college. I was a hostess at a restaurant in Sherman Oaks, California. Eight one eight represent. It was called Mr. Cecil's California Ribs, and the Fanning sisters were regular customers of ours. 
which was lovely. They were very nice young women. Okay. Well, good to hear that someone was nice because hostesses in the host position at a restaurant is probably, it's, I mean, it, the temperature gets hotter there than it does in the kitchen, right? It's, it's in a lot of ways thankless, but we did have some amazing patrons and I do miss Mr. Cecil's and I hope that one day they're able to come back from the ashes like a phoenix. All right. What's the, what's the craziest experience that you've had in a restaurant, either working or just as a guest? Ooh. Oh, no. I, I have one. I, I have vomited in a couple of restaurants. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but most recently, my most recent vomit situation in a restaurant was as an adult, which was super fun. I went to Venice, Italy with my mother for the holidays. We went to Italy generally, but this particular instance, we were in Venice. And we went to the island off of the coast of Venice, Murano, where they do the glass blowing. And we saw a little demonstration of the glass blowing. And I bought a little glass penguin figurine for like 40 euros because I have an addiction to penguins. And I just needed to have it, even though it was the size of my thumb and like a lot of money. And then on the way back, I started to feel a little bit nauseated. And I had had some Prosecco and I had had, uh, I thought that it was just like the Prosecco and the sea. So I had some tea when we got back to the hotel. We were staying in a gorgeous hotel, the Hotel Daniele. And it looked like uh, Italian Hogwarts at Christmas time. It was gorgeous. And then we went to this restaurant afterwards. And it was this very fancy restaurant called like Il Covo or something. It means the cove in Italian. I'm not a frequent Italian speaker. And it's a fish restaurant because, of course, they're off the coast. And uh, as I got there, I was like, I don't feel great. And they one of the owners is friends with my mom's friend from high school, which is how we were even able to get in, which was, I guess, not nepotism, but the thing where it's like friend nepotism. And I sat down, had some tea, started to feel ill. And then my mom saw my face and she said, go to the bathroom now. And I did not make it to the bathroom and I threw up in the foyer and then started crying and apologizing to the owners. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And I did not, needless to say, have any of the fish there. I did have maybe half a bite of bread and my pasta arrived and that is when I just lost it. Mm. Now, even though you so didn't have fun. any of the food, how, does, can you, do you need to stay away from certain like Italian restaurants because you have this memory of that experience in an Italian restaurant? No. And, you know, the rest of the trip, I was fine. I don't know what happened to me. And it wasn't the restaurant because I actually did eat the food later and it was incredible, even a couple hours later. But I just was not well after my trip to Murano. I think it was spending the 40 euros on the penguin figurine that really made me lose my lunch. That makes sense. <laughs> Dana, any uh, incredible, fun restaurant yeah, stories? Yeah, it doesn't involve vomit, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> a recent one was uh, I went to per se, in New York, which is a place that I never would have afforded otherwise. But my- What a 400, uh, wait, hold on. I, I hate to stop you. Did you buy a $400 Euro penguin? Yeah, no, I did not. But it was basically the culinary equivalent. But my ex-boyfriend at the time who I was with, it turns out our server was a big fan of the television program he, he wrote for. And he was so excited that they, um, they gave us a tour of the kitchen. And so we got to just like hang out in the kitchen of per se and see what they were doing and like, that was a crazy experience just to see what, what very, very, very professional chefs are, are up to behind the scenes. Absolutely. What was, if you can remember, I like- change my story. <laughs> <laughs> I like the contrast here. What was like, when you walked into that kitchen at Per Se, what was like something that just automatically jumped out? 
It's like a it's like a machine, just like all the, it's so many people in such a small place, just like moving like gears, like no one in each other's way. Such a clean, efficient space. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a laboratory. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think most people are shocked how how much labor is involved yeah. in producing any food at any level, but especially at the at the fine dining level. Okay, we'll leave it with the final thoughts. This was a a previous debate, so I don't know if you know how it worked on our podcast, but ranch dressing versus blue cheese dressing. Ranch. Thoughts. Ranch. I love ranch dressing. I was in a Hidden Valley Ranch commercial. It was the best day of my life. I got paid to eat ranch for like six hours. Serious? (laughs) Yes, Zach Braff directed it. He's lovely. And I'm ride or die for Zach Braff because he paid me to eat ranch dressing, so... I found out the other day that he is one of two directors to win a Grammy for a soundtrack because of the, the Garden State soundtrack. Oh, for- that's a fun fact about Zach. Wow. <laughs> okay, so Team Ranch Dressing. And that you know Hidden Valley is a real place, right? Did you do any of the history of it? Yes. I didn't know. I mean, we didn't talk about it on the commercial shoot, but sure. yes, I knew that from my own personal research by eating ranch. Supposedly, it was a pretty <laughs> scandalous place. Say more. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is just me reading like Wikipedia, but like supposedly it was a very loose, fun-loving, early, late 60s, early 70s type of hippie ranch, if you will. I'll say yeah. no more. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'm a loose, fun-loving girl. I love ranch. It's fun. <laughs> and I love it loosely spread on top of my food. That's would what you, I'm saying. <laughs> would you eat ranch ice cream in an ice cream cone? I would try it. Yeah, I would, I would try it, but I, I don't think I would like it. I don't, I was always, when I was watching like, Iron Chef as a kid, and they always went for the ice cream maker. And on Chopped, when they go for the ice cream maker, you're like, no. Ridiculous. You don't need to do it. Don't. You are asking to fail if you go for the ice cream maker on Chopped for the dessert round. It doesn't make, you don't have time. And don't no. make, don't, no, you don't need to make ranch dressing ice cream. Bad choice. It's like they've never seen the show. <laughs> and it's like they're not listening to me screaming at them in my house. <laughs> well, you don't even have to have seen the show. Like, it, the, just the meme of it on that show is... Mm-hmm. is in culture, but it's, it's a fly to a light. It's like they can't stay away from that ice cream machine. I don't know what it is. Ladies, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Of course. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bamahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Gabrielle Collins, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. The theme song is by Jason Naismith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite food shows. And until next week, Food Court is adjourned. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, 
You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.